Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dimzik, powered by Spurts. Who Welcome to The Deep Dive. <laughs> it is another great Wednesday podcast where we get to talk about NBA. Yes, I'm going to keep forcing this down your throats. I'm sorry if you don't care about NBA. <laughs> it is as good a season as we ever could have hoped for. Usually, we were joking off air, usually this time of year between the All-Star break and the playoffs getting here is a little bit of a doldrums as we are just like, okay, we get it. You're good. You suck. We get it. Let's get to the playoffs here. Um, that is not the case this year as things are wide freaking open. Yeah, and- I was going to I was gonna ask. I want like... Take because I'm I'm used to that. I'm used to just being like I again. I watch much less NBA than either of you. Honestly, ten of me combined wouldn't equal one of you as far as watching NBA. But I do love the you know the opening season stuff. I love Christmas and then as like casual Andy checks the fuck out this time of year. And it's like call call me when like the bracket is ready and we have you know the the awesome best playoffs logo that there is the finals. Oh my god. And then, you know, it's just always fun. I enjoy the NBA playoffs more than anything because all of a sudden these guys that haven't played defense for like three months suddenly just, I mean, it's, uh, remember the great white hype when all oh, of a yes. sudden he just, all of a sudden he's like the best boxer in the world, just knocks him out. It's like that. It's like, you sucked last week. How are you this good again at defense? Like you're just playing again. I enjoy <laughs> that. But like, and I, I, I have the same thing too. And, and it's not just, uh, I think for me, Oh man, there was an old David Cross. You know David Cross from. Of course. There was a, he was you a, blew yourself. He, yeah, he he, but he had a comedy show and he talks about living in New York. He's like, every five seconds you see the most beautiful woman in the world, or the craziest effing thing you've ever seen in your life, and it happens like repeatedly over and over in New York City. That's for me like what, paying attention to the NBA. It's like every night, it's like oh, I think this might be the best team in the East now, and then. And the next night, it's like, oh my god, this guy might be the MVP. Like, just, there's, there's, and again, I, I'm so out of the loop on you know yeah. the actual odds on some of that. We went over it on the halftime or half half season breakdown, and you caught me up quite a bit with your projections. But every night, there's something like this. Like, shit, this guy is the best player in the league tonight, and oh my god, this team is gonna win the East. And I get, I get overexcited with that stuff. I want, I want you guys to okay. calm me well, down and, and so, set some stuff up. Number one. Uh, the NBA is an extremely good place right now. And number two, you guys refers to our guest who we will introduce if you are listening to this in podcast form. Oh, yeah. The great, the, the great noops at underscore noops on Twitter, co-host of Brown Bag Bets, Triple Bs. Um, and, uh, you know, in a in a season where we, I feel like a lot really could be, a lot of ink, a lot of slack could be said, a lot of analysis can be done on Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Who better to bring in to talk a little bit of NBA than our guy, Noops. Noops, welcome back to the Deep Dive. Hope you are well in Philly. Everything is great. It's, you know, it's 8.30 at night. I'm finishing off a bottle of Angel's Envy, and the NBA is fantastic. And for a lot of reasons, you start to look at some of the structural changes. I think adding the play-in game has given some of these teams some hope and changing some of the lottery odds. I was talking about this a little bit. The fact that they've kind of neutralized those odds on some of the ping-pong balls, the Pistons are trying. 
I mean, normally a team like the Pistons at this part of the season would be trying to lose every single game they could, but you take those couple things, you put them into effect and sprinkle on top the fact that there's never been more talent in the NBA. And I know, um, you know, one of my favorite press conferences of all time, Steve Kerr made the joke, of course, that, you know, the NBA only gets worse over time. George Mikan was the greatest NBA player of all time, and it's only gotten worse since then, as most of the <laughs> old guys will tell you. But you start to look at this. I mean, the MVP race is Giannis. It's Jokic. It's Embiid. It is just stunning the amount of talent we have. So it's really exciting, and there's a lot of parity. And honestly, as a Sixers fan, as an East Coast basketball fan, I think, Drew, for the first time in a long time, the Eastern Conference is the better of the two. Oh, we will debate that a little bit. That, but that's, that's an yeah, interesting that's... take. I, I, I think you, for me it you, is you sleep through the West Coast basketball. Yeah, well, games. not only not yeah. only that, you don't see some of those games because they happen at a million o'clock your time, but also like I think again, casual Andy certainly agrees with Noops because, and I think once you get to the playoffs, there's zero chance the East won't be a more fun playoff. You know, overall, that's fair. That's and, fair. And re- real quick on the play-in game. I can't even say like I hate gimmicks because I'm a big runner on second base in extra innings guy. I like that. Get the game over with Christ. Let's let's not do these seven. Like that's a good gimmick. I'm not all for gimmicks just for the sake of gimmicks, but the play in game thing is cool because it adds drama to these teams that are just like, oh, we made it. Now we now we don't get to really play a competitive game. We get four against a really good team. If yes, you know, some some years there's competitive seven and eight seeds, but a lot of years it stinks. It's fun for to see competitive games and like we've talked about numerous times that lakers warriors game that was hot yeah like, that was a that was a damn good game and Dude, I'm, yeah, I'm, we're I'm a year it. we're a year removed from lebron belly aching about having the play-in game and this year it might save his ass <laughs> which is just delightful although obviously noobs i know you're rooting against that um but uh you know i think this season this regular season some of the rule changes as you mentioned i would even add the officiating rule changes have made yeah. the product better uh, and on top of that, you've combined that with a really, really good rookie class, and the game, state of the game, is in really great shape. Um, before going too hardcore into NBA, and I have a whole bunch of questions I want to ask Noops and kind of get some takes on, um, we should do a little housekeeping. Um, producing a lot, there's a lot of sports going on right now. Producing a lot of content out there. If you want Andy's college basketball takes on all of these conference championship games, I've been absolutely adoring the uh, the previews you've done for every conference. I click every one of them. Uh, and uh, you should check those out. If you want uh, some takes on Noops's women's tennis, it is Indian Wells. Where are they going to track that down, Noops? Many places, I'm sure. You can find all that on Twitter. Again, underscore Noops. Talked about that on Brown Bag Bets. Actually, uh, pulled the Tuesday show, gave it my outrights there, and then the Wednesday show tapped on those a little bit. Again, just four outrights. It's it's funny, Drew. I mean, the WTA continues to become more like the ATP and the ATP more like the WTA. And <laughs> that you look at the WTA draw, man, it looks like Iga Swiatek and uh, a lot of other people. And now with Novak out, the ATP draw is wide open. So it's been a weird thing to deal with. I grabbed four outrights. Um, Owns Jabor, Jill Teichman had a really Ooh. big number. And then um, another big number, Clara Towson, who I think Clara, my, is the Danish girl. I, and I'm quashing any Novak talk. We don't have time, Drew. <laughs> I, I didn't even, I, I was on a different tab, so I didn't see your facial. I, I know there's opinions, and I, <laughs> I am of the same opinion. We won't even, we won't even waste our breath on that man right now. And, uh, the, yeah. the the filthiness that has happened there, but uh, for if sure. you want if you want my breakdown on Indian Wells, I did a great pod with Gil oh, Alexander yeah. that you can find. If you want Andy's take on the players, which is also good, that's Prince Golf. 
Best first call for sure. Yeah, we we we're doing a another show next week. We're gonna do an even more fun show with some some really fun guests. Some guests. I oh man, I don't want to tip it off. A guest next week that we've had on the deep dive will be on a Betsperts golf property. Excellent. Let people guess. It's, I won't tell you if you're right or not, but there's going to be there's going to be some fun stuff next week, and it sucks. Like it I got similar? so jacked for this uh, this jacked for this rollout of the similar. golf stuff, and we're going to have we're going to have weather, man. Like yeah. we've had perfect weather for like ten tournaments in a row. They they closed down the practice facility today. Ooh. It was raining. We're talking Monday finish. We're talking you know Saturday morning cut line with guys finishing. It could be kind of a big mess with uh, things are going on. Are players. there any actionable angles from all that? Um, points bet, and I've seen a couple other places had this. Um, have the over under on the amount of balls that will go in the water on seventeen. And again, if you're not super familiar with this course, this golf in general, like you, if you saw a picture of 17, you'd know what I'm talking about. It's the the, the little island, yeah. the little island green out in the water. Uh, there's a really good video I found of uh, Brendan Todd, I think, just shanking one, hitting it like almost sideways into a different part of the water. There's a good spray chart of everyone's ball on the island green, and then his is like almost <laughs> off the map. But uh, that's just a fun like one. Us. Otherwise, I did play a little Corey Connors. I I don't understand uh, why DraftKings is behind on a few of these guys, but there's people that are just 40 to 1, and then it'll be 70 at DraftKings. And I'm sure you see this noops too with your, you know, your outrights on tennis. Shop around because again, there's a uh, you know, so Jason Day is one thing somewhere, and then he's 90 at DraftKings, or you know, I've seen it circa often has a big number if you really like a long shot because they keep their hold down. So Shop around on that, but uh, Corey Connors is a guy that people are down on because he missed some cuts here, and he just – I think he missed like four cuts last year, and he's missed three cuts this season already. It's been up and down, but if it's, his ceiling, his ball-striking ceiling is just so high. And, yeah, like Patrick said, Bookmaker has Corey Connors at like 42. That tells me a 70 at DraftKings is very playable. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this guy – yeah, I think he got like seventh here last year. And this part of the season, he was just top 20-ing his ass off. Like if if he gets back into form with the in his entire game, he is one of the better ball strikers. So cool. free free pick there for Corey and like, no, but Alex like said, with, Claire the, with the with the weather and the Saturday finish, Saturday cut, et cetera. Is there is there an angle? It it is tough because just looking at the weather, and we've talked about this uh, ad nauseum at this point, but if you don't understand, you know, the, the, the Thursday, Friday tea times, they have to start these guys, you know, at split tea times the way it works. So mm-hmm. if you play in the morning on Thursday, you will play in the afternoon on Friday and mm-hmm. vice versa. So sometimes there's a, sh- a thing where, hey, the weather's beautiful Thursday all day and the weather's pretty good Friday morning. And then Friday afternoon, the wind is going to kick up to 30 miles an hour. So those people that have to play, you know, the Friday afternoon is part of their split compared to the people that play nice weather, nice weather. They have a big disadvantage. So sometimes there's a wave split disadvantage and people have made compelling cases for both waves to be the disadvantage one based on like it's weather, you guys, it's, you know, it's really hard to say what's going to happen with this Florida weather. So there, you know, there's people that are really galaxy. Who do you think's galaxy braining this stuff that we know? Who um, might might st- say this sort of stuff in the middle of the night? Probably Calhoun, yeah. Like yeah, Calhoun. Calhoun I mean, there, there's some galaxy, our guy. 
galaxy because gotta watch out know, for him. It's like he's like, what if we? What if you take the disadvantaged guy and the weather wave flips? Yeah, and, I mean, we got into that guy like it's the ultimate game theory move. But I mean, we got deep into the weeds on the weather from what I've okay. read so far. Okay, so All t- right. take it take it easy on the weather handicap. It's it's too volatile to try to really capitalize on. And you know what the beauty of the NBA outside of when the Target Center leaks. <laughs> which has happened the weather doesn't come into play that much no it doesn't really no it's true. just bats and electrical outages yeah yeah you what would was, think no, that you would think that it's blowing you would think that it is uh you would think that's blowing a gale um in uh in the milwaukee bucks center right now with the hawks inability to make a wide open three-pointer um, was it a spurs game where the ac went out yes and it, was it was like 200 degrees yes. in there yes people were in just the middle of summer drenched yep. yeah it's yep. something about Absolutely. spurs games they had bats for a while it's a lot going on down there yeah okay um well let's talk about some hoops. yeah ask me a, ask me a question let's, about the nba drew and then let's i'll roll, defer to noobs let's roll back into some nba talk um take me into a time capsule when you when the season started um and you know we we expected teams like philly and brooklyn to be in the mix and uh and then lo and behold here we sit and brooklyn is currently in eighth are you pressing the panic button on this team and if you have a future on them and if you are do not uh what is the appropriate expectation considering their path looks like absolute hell to get to the finals. So I do have some Brooklyn futures. I, I went pretty solid on them before the season. Um, just looking at their team, I was really impressed with the not only the fact they were able to hold on to guys like Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown, guys like that, but also to go into the draft and come away with Dayron Sharp, to come away with Cam Thomas. Um, but you start to look at some of the injuries, the way that they've handled the schedule here, just the inconvenience honestly of the ben simmons trade the fact that you know harden clearly i think had checked out before that i can't wait to hear all the stuff and and whispers and lies and sort of lies and half truthful lies about what was going on there and why harden magically looks like he's in shape and his hamstrings fine now that he's in philadelphia but regardless the nets still to me and it's you know if i go back before the season they have the biggest potential if you're sitting down and you're looking at the nba like it's a video game you want the nets roster Now, we know Joe Harris is out for the rest of the year. You throw him out, but you still have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. You can put Seth Curry on the floor, who is still one of the best shooters in the NBA. You can bring in Simmons, who is a guy that enters into kind of a perfect situation for him. He doesn't need the ball. He's not going to be asked to shoot a lot. He's going to be asked to run around, play defense, rebound, be kind of a small ball center, which is something I've not joked so much about that he might be one of the better small ball fives if you really used him that way now. That would mean that Ben Simmons has to give a crap about the game of basketball, which is its its own problem in and of itself. But even where they are, at the end of the day, you look at the East, you figured the Nets would at least have to beat the Sixers or the Bucks. Now, it turns out they probably have to beat both of them. Maybe they'll get lucky enough to avoid one of them. But although the path is difficult, I think it's still the same path we were looking at before the year. We just thought they'd have home court for that path instead of be playing all these games on the road. Um, you look through it, okay. and again, it's still that same thing. You look at it, the, the peak, the potential of the Brooklyn Nets is still terrifying. Now, the Sixers, they look really great. I was a little wrong about Harden. I was concerned, A, about his hamstring because – 
that's a whole thing. And, you know, we've seen Chris Paul and him in the playoffs. Once you get later and later in the season, you don't want a guy with hamstring issues. That tends to be a problem. But I think we're all still sleeping on the Bucks. It's still the Bucks East. I don't know why. And maybe it's, you know, just we all have to keep talking about stuff. And it's more interesting to talk about the Nets. It's more interesting to talk about the Sixers. But I think the Nets still have the highest potential. I'm not too worried yet as someone has futures for them. But, man, it really seems like the Bucks are there. And I just I haven't seen enough of the Nets yet to really trust it. Okay. I have a quick question, again, for both of you. <clears throat> this is what I'm going to do is the stuff that confuses me is defer back to you. The path stuff. Are you actually doing anything with that as far as – and I, I Drew might do this because he have, somehow finds too much time to play with stupid shit like this. But <clears throat> you're not actually sitting down and saying like, uh, you know, building up maybe a decision tree on what, what the actual probability of the seeds landing this way. We're just – we're saying – I because I, I think you could. I, I didn't know – like it's it seems like that would – be hard to use actionably because there is so much deviance between here and the end of the year on, you know, what, what can happen with how close some of these teams are. When you say how tough the path is, are you just saying it in a real general term as far as there's so many good teams in the East right now? Okay. That's or, a great or question. Is it, or, or is it like yeah. this team is more than, you know, or some of these teams that are sitting okay. in the, yeah, even, even if you're, even if you're in a three, Andrew, you go first. Even if you're in the three spots, you know, three ways. Three ways to answer this question. Road road series against really big, bad teams. Three ways to answer this question. Do I do it numerically? Yes. Do you have to do it numerically? No. Do you have to even do it qualitatively? No. You can just go to Impredict and look at their probabilities of every seed, every team landing on uh, every seed. And I'm pretty close to that doing my own numerically. Now, let's go to the middle path, which is qualitatively. Um, can anyone catch the heat considering the heat schedule? No. Pencil the heat in for one. Okay. Um, who is going to land in the two seed right now? It looks like it's probably going to be Philly. If Philly takes their foot off the gas, cause they have a bunch of back to backs between now and the end of the season, you could see them slide to three, but I think it's pretty clear. Philly is in that tier of two or three. Okay. The other team in the two or three tier for me is Boston because their schedule is easy and because of the way they're playing currently. Uh, the Bucks have a much tougher schedule from here in than the other teams were talked about to this point, and so I don't mind penciling them in four. Now, two, three, four is relatively loose assumptions. Philly's one of those two, three, but Boston and, and, and Milwaukee are interchangeable. I definitely, in my mind, wonder if, you know, there we go. five and six is then Bulls, Cavs, or Bulls, Raptors, whatever. Um, the Nets are going to play their way in, which means they're probably going to be the seven. Tough for me to expect that they lose that play-in game, even on the road, even if Kyrie Irving's not in Toronto for that one. They're still going to beat the Raptors. If we can kind of put the Nets in pen at seven, noops, if you're Philly, are you playing for the three seed? That's a great question. I I hope not. So in general, I hate that idea. I just think you enter into things uh, with the wrong thing. It drives all the wrong decisions. But again, if you're the Sixers, I think you have to beat the Nets. And I'd rather start sooner. I think that um, maybe to go back to a tennis analogy, I know Andy doesn't want to talk about Novak, but if you're going to beat 
the better team. You want to do it sooner. You want to start in round one. You don't want to catch them in the semifinals or finals when they built up a little bit of form when they're starting to play well. So, if well, you're, you're Osaka. Play, you're Osaka fan today. Nets sooner. Like you know, you're reasoning for betting against Osaka early in the tournament. Like if you know if it goes if it goes sideways for her early in the tournament, she can just roll over. Like I I doubt that Nets are going to do that sort of thing. But it and that's the part of the NBA that just breaks my brain because I don't sit and look at the standings every day, but I know who the great teams are, and it's it's wild. And I get why and what happened, but like one of the greatest rosters ever constructed is probably going to be in a play-in game in the NBA because yeah. that's just how life works. Yeah. So where we're at now. Philly and Milwaukee, because they are more fragile, i.e. they have they rely on superstars who have not been especially healthy this year. Especially, you know, Philly's been, Embiid's been crazy healthy. Harden, not so much. Um, and, you know, Giannis has been crazy healthy. The rest of that team has been a, a, kind of a mixed bag. Um, I would guess that because of the, you know, some intention of we're going to get these guys some rest, we're going to make sure they're fresh, that's probably your three, four, which means I think Boston, Brooklyn is probably your two, seven. Noops, what's the price of that series? If your Nets are dogs, are they dogs to Boston? So there's a lot at play here. And, and we'll start with the first thing that, you know, the question you, question you asked me is what will the price be, not what should the price be? What will the price be involves the fact that a lot of these books have taken Nets money all year. If you go down and look, the Nets have finally backed off as the favorite to win the championship, but that's only happened as of the last couple of weeks ago as we finally settled into the fact that they're going to be a lower seed here. So when you get to that, I expect the Nets still to be favored, but I think it's going to be a short favorite, and I'm going to be happy to back up Boston. It just... It's not quite the same situation as the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns last year where you had a Lakers team that's kind of stumbled into the playoffs a little bit that happened to be going into a team in Phoenix that was peaking that for some reason no one in the public seemed to realize was peaking. It sounds like you're describing It Lakers sounds like you're describing about the Suns plus very Lakers. similar situation. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same thing. <laughs> I think like, the Nets are better than the Lakers. You're yeah, not that's, talking that's about true. an aging LeBron, a falling apart Anthony oh, Davis, yeah, no, like, a team that's just, just on the, its last leg, honestly, that's about to get torn apart. I mean, that team was weeks away from literally everyone but three people leaving the building. That's a good point. Um, okay, so you think the Nets still – You to, to I missed it a little bit there. You think the Nets will be favored in that series? Small favorites. I would have the Celtics small favorites. I mean, what would you make Celtics small favorites? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, let's let's give that's, people yeah, a little the more clarity. Um, the, the, go to the Celtics quick, because yeah. I've ha- I've talked to two or three people who are just like, I mean, I talked to somebody who said like, I think the Celtics are the best team in the in the NBA right now. Yeah, so and like, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, not him. Like uh, a a different guy. He doesn't have any books written, but. I'm just like, I, I told him, like, sell me that. And I, I don't know, it made a good case. I wanted your opinion on on that because it, it seemed like it was something that just snuck up on me. It wasn't a team that got talked about in the first half of the year. I mean, okay. they were there and it was a good team, but like all of a sudden, like, what, what flipped for him? Yeah, let's you know, get into, let's go there's, into there's Celtics. There's a weird in timeline for him as like, oh, you're a, you're an Uber star after the All Star break. Why? Okay, I'll, I may defer to Noops for that question, but I will answer the original, which was, I agree, Celtics will be small favorite. It is conditional on Kyrie not playing in Brooklyn, and it is conditional. I assume he's playing in Brooklyn. 
Okay. Yeah, okay. He, okay. I think he will be. I think if he plays, I think if Ky- if the, if 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 it's Vax rules are are you know pandemic's over, we're celebrating in the streets. By the way, two year anniversary of the uh, of the uh, Rudy Gobert microphone thing today um the two fucking years <laughs> two fucking i've, I've got years. a side point once you yeah. get through this i have a um, 15 second story so i let's assume it's all over everybody can play it's a it's a full series then all of a sudden now i'm thinking you're probably gonna see a pickemish my price is probably gonna be close to pick them and i and i am also assuming that ben simmons is playing which is a fair assumption Trying to figure uh, out what the Nets are going to yeah. do is like the nastiest parlay I know, of all yeah. time. I, I trying to okay. so, all this different stuff, but yeah, I mean, I'll answer yeah. about the Celtics real quick, and I'll let Andy yeah. go ahead. Uh, no, do, story do, first. Do your it's, there's a there's well, it's part of a bigger question that I actually have. How many teams do you think can win the East? Because I'm at three, and I'm not sure if I need to take that number from three to five because teams four and five are Miami and Boston, and. I'm going to be betting against the Heat in the, in the playoffs. We can talk about that now or later if you want. But the Ooh, Celtics have finally the second half. The Celtics have finally found enough passing. And my biggest complaint about the Celtics for the last couple of years is if anybody's played basketball, there is nothing worse than playing basketball with an incredibly gifted offensive talent that doesn't pass the ball, let alone yes. two of them. So you put Jalen Brown on the floor. You put Jason Tatum on the floor. They are some of the best scorers in the NBA. Jason Tatum might be the best scorer in the NBA outside of a perfectly healthy Kevin Durant at this point. And they put up a bunch of points. They do incredible stuff, but it just sucks to play basketball with those guys. And basketball, you you need someone moving the ball. You need some rhythm. We've we've been taught that lesson time and time again. And instead of trying to find a point guard, they add Al Horford and they give more minutes to Robert Williams. I mean, Robert Williams, time learned something that we don't think of as a gifted passer, but you watch enough Celtics game and two or three times a game, he has a quick touch pass or a nice turnaround and recycle into the basketball. And Al Horford is one of the more gifted passers in the league. And, I don't know if I'm ready to put the Celtics in the same category again as peak Nets, Sixers, and the Bucks, but they're really knocking on that door for me. And I think they might be my fourth team. But again, maybe my interesting question, Drew, you can think about this why Andy tells the story is how many teams do you actually think can win the Eastern Conference? Well, I'm going to answer that too, I think, eventually here. And Dan, Dan's story might be better than mine. Dan, Dan's old account on Twitter was the one who first posted the Rudy Gobert video. And that's why Dan doesn't have that old account anymore. That's almost I mean, well, as amazing there, there as was, Dan's tweet about his grandma who looks just like Barack Obama. Yeah. There yeah. Was, yeah. There, I mean, <laughs> ways, but I will say that the Rudy Gobert thing makes me think of what I did. Do you remember that last year? I I was trying to find an old podcast for something. And I sat I and I. Dan was the Rudy Gobert. Narc. Yeah, he was the Rudy. Narc on Rudy. Basically started the pandemic. Well, Dan reported the pandemic. Yeah, this time last year, I was looking for a podcast regarding like March Madness from the year before, and I stumbled into one. I went too far or too far back or the wrong year, and I listened to a podcast from like right before shit blew up. And I got into like this weird fetish of listening to a lot of podcasts (laughs) from like that week just to listen to what people would say. And it was just, it was, it was weird. It's like listening to people like the hours before Pearl Harbor where they're like, yeah, sun's out. It's great. I think those planes don't seem like they're coming this way. Cause everyone's just like, yeah, I don't know. This is a thing. Like, 
one guy in the jazz has it. I don't think we're canceling baseball. And then it's like <laughs> so many optimistic like, March Madness. Yeah, takes. Every, everybody was super optimistic. I'm like, man, this sucks. But uh, no, the uh, I'm I'm at four. I added the Celtics. Okay, I'm at five. I'm at five. I can win the East. Um, I have two tiers though. I have a tier of two teams. Yeah, I have a tier of three teams. Uh, no, I have a tier of two teams. I have a team that can, but it is going to be monumentally difficult. And then I have a tier of two teams that could, but are fatally flawed. My teams that can, Milwaukee really and Miami. Find out where the Sixers are. Milwaukee and Miami can. Team that could do it, but very difficult is for me is Nets, just because of path. And then the teams that could, but are flawed, are Sixers and the Celtics. And the Celtics' flaw, before we move on to some Sixers talk, is a lot of what you were saying about Tatum's kind of in, you know, in, you know, in, I don't even know what the right word is, but challenges when it comes to creating for others. And I don't know that until I see it with my eyes, I don't think I will believe that the Celtics can solve the offensive question that comes when a team like the Heat flips the switch and plays zone. Okay? Maybe they have some answer, and they've been saving it in their pocket, and I haven't seen it. But the Heat feel like the stopper for the Celtics. Now, you know, if it, the, the, the other conditional thing for the Celtics is Giannis, they have no matchup for Giannis. None. Which means if one four is Heat Bucks, assuming the Celtics get to the final to Eastern Conference Finals, that's where it's over for me. Okay, so that's I mean, I g- generally I won't buy Celtics futures probably at any price. I may play them in series. So you're saying regardless right. if it's Heat or Bucks in the ECF, that's it for them. If if the Celtics ran into them because yeah. of the, yeah. The, yeah. And I'll, even I'll with pay, the, I'll even pay to see them the, match up with Giannis. I'll pay to see them solve the zone. Well, I, I get the Giannis thing. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, that's just a, a tough – I mean, he's a tough mismatch for a lot of people. He's a very good player, Drew, and I think Noobs would agree with that too. But, uh, like, the – you know, we talk about the difference, and that, that was the question why I was asking because, again, I don't know if I've been explained – you know, you guys just say passing. And, like, what, what actually did – like, is it with more passing, more spacing, and a little bit of, like, did he just become less selfish? Is that what we're saying? And and the passing and the spacing create a different kind no, of offense. He's just running hot. We've seen him run okay, hot. Okay, okay. He's, he's making everything. Yes, making everything. Absolutely. Well, that, yeah, that helps him like game. he's Kobe Bryant, but taller. And I hate to do this, but that's who he reminds me of. It's it's a lot of watching what Kobe Bryant used to do, where it got to this point yeah, where sure. he is this genius level scorer, but he's just not fun to play with. Now he didn't whine as much as Kobe did, and and you know all that stuff. But it's kind of a lot of that same stuff, and. It's part of the difference, too, Andy, between the regular season and the postseason. Once you get to the postseason, if Jason Tatum has 20 points at halftime, someone is coming out in the third quarter of a playoff game and just kind of punching him in the face. I mean, they're going to run three or four plays where it's him through screens. They're putting two big guys on the floor. You're going to see a center you've never seen before come out and get two fouls in a minute. Like, And here's this stuff is going to get much harder soon. For sure. And the problem with when they face the likes of a zone and for all I know, the zone, you know, this is not a secret. And every other Eastern Conference team is ready to deploy this. Obviously, the Heat do it the best. Um, But the um, 
the zone takes you out of your comfort zone. And the Celtics have a good plan A offensively in general. Um, they're doing a good job of everybody taking their turns when things are going well. But when I have yet to see when things are going poorly, like plan B work, uh, particularly against that. And if like the zone tends to force Tatum and or Brown and or whoever has the ball in their hands, and those are really your only two shot creators on the floor with your best five, then they those guys are all working the perimeter, like looking around like, what the fuck do I do? I guess I'll just drive. And then they get crushed by Bam in the lane. Right. Like it's, Still it's no not penetrators. Yeah. And so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult problem to solve. Maybe the new coach has a trick up his sleeve that he can, you know, adjust on the fly and, and get it worked out. Um, and at like, Hey, when the, when things are going great for the Celtics, the chemistry is, is banging, right? Everybody feeling good. They're rowing the boat in the same direction. This is same group of guys. It has not gone good at times. And I, you know, you know, they're responding to the coach now. He's getting them to play together, play well now. Um, you know, give me some adversity and let's see. Um, and Th so that is the other part. Like, I wanted to, and again, I just, I have to throw in a joke because you talked about punching him in the face and then the zone defense. I just shout out to Syracuse for the big win today. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, the coach, like that was my other part too. Like, does that matter a lot? The yeah. fact that you're you're yeah. inexperienced oh, yeah. because we get into that. Although, I don't know, a lot of people in this room were awful hard on a certain uh, finals finals reaching winning coach last year. So, the, yes, there are the the. There's a little bit of cuts both ways with the new coach. Sure. You know, we don't. He it's going to take him a couple of series to prove that he can kind of solve a series like a, and, and this is very simplistic, but my opinion of an NBA series is like either you have the superior talent and it's not even really a game or you have to, you're close enough that it's a matter of solving your opponent and the solving your opponent is challenging. And I can see, I can see the Celtics solving the nets. I can see it. Uh, I can see the Celtics solving the Sixers. I can't see them solving the Heat or the Bucks, considering the matchup and the coaching. And maybe this coach, maybe the coach has, you know, he he's he's an unknown quantity. He could. I was, could I was just going to say, like, cuts both and, ways. and again, yeah. we bring noobs on him. We just dog on the Sixers. I feel like, like <laughs> I, I, I haven't I'm even gotten to my Sixers so. takes. I'm not even going to really pick on him, but but maybe yeah, like you said, an unknown quantity. Whereas like. I feel like some of these good coaches in the league getting to the playoffs, like they're going to know what they're getting out of doc come playoff time. Like mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, there's a method to that. And, yeah. and maybe, you know, maybe, you know, this, maybe he sucks, not doc, but your, your, your Celtics coach, his name is escaping. <laughs> maybe he sucks. And we just don't like, Oh shit, this guy can't figure out playoff rotations and they're done. Just no, they, they don't even have, they don't even need rotate. They, they know, they know what they have. And that's that's maybe the other thing about the Celtics right now. Like, I usually laugh or like scoff at people who do the peak too early thing, but like, we're seeing their final form, and they're putting a lot of their final form on film. Like, they got their rotation figured out at this point, and injury you know may change things, but it's mostly just going to be like this. And you know, so it's giving a lot of coaches a lot of time to come up with a you know a, 
uh, a strategy for them. Um, the Sixers part of things, and the reason I put them in that third tier where they have a fatal flaw is, uh, and again, like I will admit last year, I was so burned, I spurned. I was a spurned Bucks lover that was like, I never again with Budenholzer and not 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 going to do it like not going to go to war with this team and I ejected in enough time because the things broke their way so favorably particularly in that playoffs um and so it didn't end up getting in trouble financially over this take but and I may do this with the Sixers at some point who knows but I will pay to see Rivers and Embiid and Harden like do it in a tight series like these are three guys that have weirdly all choked in the game seven moments and the likelihood that they're going to get through this playoffs without facing a game seven type of environment, I think is no snoops. The fatal flaw is doc rivers. <laughs> Everyone likes to mention that Ben Simmons didn't shoot the ball and what Ben Simmons did or did not do in that Atlanta Hawks series. There is one very simple glaring reason. The Sixers lost to the Hawks before game three, the Hawks decided to put John Collins on Tobias Harris. That was the last time Tobias Harris did anything of any value to anybody at any point during a basketball game in that series. And at no point did Doc Rivers start to maybe set some screens for him, try to get him some baskets away from him, try to change some lineup stuff so that maybe when John Collins is off the floor, hey, there's Tobias Harris finally getting some looks. The key to the Sixers last year was if Tobias Harris could score 20 points, the Sixers were winning basketball games. Joel Embiid provides a level of defense unlike a big man that we've seen in years. What he can do to cover up people, the way he makes everyone look better is tremendous. Offensively, he's incredibly gifted. We've yet to see him perform well at the end of games, but that is the story of, of centers. If you look at big guys in the NBA, when you get down to those last possessions when teams can really commit to a triple team and things like that, it, it gets a little dicey. So the best part about having Harden is you kind of get over that. But at the end of the day, the playoffs is about getting the most out of this team, and I don't know if Doc Rivers can do that. Now, the roster just might be good enough. I mean, if Harden is actually going to be healthy, because I, I think a lot of Harden's postseason failures come down to physical failures. You, you look at him in a lot of big moments, you could see either he was exhausted from having been overworked that season, he literally was hurt, whether it be a hamstring or something else, and he start, he's starting to look healthy. I hope he can get in there, but if you could get a healthy Harden and a healthy Joel Embiid, and again, that, earlier, that's and this is what right now, the sound of me knocking on wood, it all comes down to Embiid. If he can stay healthy and, and play at the level he is, they have a chance to beat anyone any night. I mean, the Sixers, to me, have shown the best of any Eastern Conference team so far. The Celtics have been more consistent and played at a little higher level, but the Sixers at their very best have shown the best of any of these teams so far. I don't know if it's going to matter in the in the postseason, but with what Harden does in terms of being that ball handler, it's amazing to me as a Sixers fan to get to watch somebody break down a defender on the dribble for the first time in what feels like a decade. Um, the shooting, the creativity, the way he pushes Maxi down, the way that Harris has been able to kind of hide and, and not get all the negative attention he has makes a big difference. So that's why I'm really at three teams. And as much as Doc Rivers troubles me, I'd rather have Doc Rivers than an aging heat roster that hasn't been healthy at any point this year. And, you know, a Boston Celtics team that, again, I think when you can solve Jason Tatum, which you can with doubles and triples, becomes extremely limited. Is there a, is there a test case for this that I, I'm just sitting and thinking, and I didn't even pull up, like, finals history to, to look at this. Like, is there a really good analog for – a team that even went to the finals where they had a very big minus as a coach. 
like not you know a, a well-known like this coach is neutral or negative as far as maybe dragging this lots team of down. examples i'm sure i mean i i feel like there's been a few recent some examples of, some of these super teams where it's like was the coach even that good i mean just i i instantly went to the the first you know the first uh the Ty Lu thing, like I'm not 100. No, Ty, no, no, no. I don't think Ty, Ty Lue was a bad a coach. coach. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know if he was at first. Well, if he was great, I, but he is—he like, definitely I, needs the respect I, now for sure. No, I didn't. I didn't want to say it because I know like Ty Lue is a respected <laughs> coach in person, but like then it was like I'm not even sure he's on the team. Like if he wasn't on the bench one night, I'm, I'm not sure people would have noticed back then. It's the Jimmy Dugan theory. Like you got Tom Hanks mm. sleeping in the dugout. But you got Gina Davis just winning games. Like you don't, you don't need it if the if you got Embiid. Embiid is your Gen- Gina Davis here. Mm, okay. If you go back and look, I mean, the Lakers won the title with Frank Vogel um, in 2020. You got to roll your eyes at that. I, I consider Steve Kerr a pretty good coach. You could make cases either way for that. I think in general, the, the winner of the finals is a pretty good coach, and. It might not be that they're a pretty good coach overall, but that was kind of their year. So Doc Rivers, the reason we all consider him really great is because for two years, two, three years, honestly, he figured out how to coach that Celtics team. He was the perfect coach in the exact moment for that three years or whatever with Boston. So he gets a title then, but, you know, we kind of feel differently about him now. I know people have kind of 50 feelings about Larry Brown, who got a championship in Detroit. But actually, as I, as I look through the list here, I mean, and part of it is the dominance of, of people like Phil Jackson and the dominance of, of good coaches like Popovich and stuff. But, you know, outside of Scott Brooks and uh, Frank Vogel here, generally the coaches in the finals are pretty good. Yeah, generally, I agree. Um, two poke your two pokes about the Philadelphia case you laid out, which is fair. I don't strongly disagree with anything you said. Um, and I don't strongly disagree that you're going to get a healthy season out of Embiid. I mean, he's playing, he's playing great. Um, these, it's, you know, kind of fluke happen. Sure. But you know, it's, it seems like he may have gotten to the point where, uh, you know, he's gotten his body in condition where it's not going to break down. Um, he has played a lot of minutes this year. That's fine. Um, I worry a bit about Harden switching so much that it puts more pressure on him to perform, which is a little scary. Uh, if he has to carry more of the defensive load, does, is that the, uh, you know, the trigger, so to speak, that really puts him in a tight spot. Um, so think, uh, you know, I'm curious of th- thoughts on that. And then two, who is your closing five in a best of seven, se- you know, in the games five, six, and seven? Um, are you really counting on offensive contributions from Maxi at that point? Are you putting Thibel on the floor, who is a zero offensively? Um, and if either of those questions you're concerned about, what's the what's the other alternative? So your first question makes me optimistic because the inherent premise is that James Harden has not been a huge negative on defense. I love the effort. I mean, he's he's putting his arms up above his head. He's wide. He's moving. I, you know, I don't love the way it kind of weighs on him offensively, but at the same time they're not using him the same way historically he's been used. I think a lot of, again, our, our thoughts about James Harden in the playoffs, we go back to those Houston teams where his usage was through the roof. And again, he's playing a solid amount of minutes, but they're a, not the same minutes he was playing in Houston and B. I don't think again, that even his minute count is going to be that high. Now, 
then again, the third thing, his defense doesn't have to be that good. Again, as long as he's standing and kind of putting his hands up and giving an extra half a second so that it can be get where he needs to be and some of those other defensive players. Again, Thibault, as you mentioned, is zero on offense. But, I mean, you put Thibault and Embiid on the floor, the other three guys just kind of have to not be terrible. And, and I think that's honestly what we've seen here. Now, the closing five question is, is scary. I mean, you look at the starting five, it's Maxi Harden, Thibault, Harrison, and Embiid. I think a lot of the closing five will depend on what the score is. And this is a tough question because I know what my answer would be if I was the coach, but I don't know what Doc Rivers' answer is. My answer is George's Niang. I'm putting him on the floor. I don't know if I want to start him, but if I'm putting him in as my closing five, and if we're ahead, I'm putting Thibel. If we're down, I'm putting Maxi on the floor. I think what, what Doc Rivers is going to do, Maxi's going to be on the floor. He loves Maxi. He loves to play him. He just he trusts Max, Maxi deeply. And as someone that has written a lot of disparaging DMs and maybe even tweets, I can't remember if I sent these out to the whole world about Maxi and how much the season relied on him last year. I feel a lot better about that. I feel like I sort of can trust him. He's going to make a mistake. It's going to happen. But given what we've seen and, and what I know of postseason basketball, give me somebody that has the guts to try to make that mistake versus someone that's that's going to be afraid in that moment. So when I look at the final five, I think it is going to be that starting group. I just pray to God every day that it's not Furkan Korkmaz. Um, he, he, they started him the other day, and he's someone that I liked. He, he used to make shots a lot. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if it's what's going on in the world, or maybe he's sick and has some – but please – Please, God, not for a man. We, I feel really bad that we haven't even, like, I feel like the last NBA one we did, too, we really neglected the Western Conference. Oh, we'll get there a second. I, this, I know, but I mean, even, we need to, even, we need to even put a bow one. on. We need to put a bow on the East with an important I, I bet team. that one was 70-30 East, and maybe it just speaks to how interesting the East is. Ooh, what did the Fabuish say? Well, I wish I'd seen it. It was probably um, a, it was probably a bot. You get some of oh. these weird bots near that they write these weird things. Do you um, guys okay. get? Hey, hold timeout. No timeout. Yeah. This is yeah. important. Do you guys get that one on your Twitter now, where like you get you tweet something and you instantly get a reply, and it's yeah. some guy. It's like, yeah. hey, there's fixed matches, and it's a screenshot yeah. of like a three six five. That yeah. one sucks. Yeah. I hate that guy. Hate it. Hate Somebody it. wrote a very particular bot. Oh, yeah. Awful. It's awful. Um, the Bow on the East for me is the Heat, and it's the one seed. And in the same con, you know, same sentence as it's going to be. I feel like I've made a big deal about how tough the path for the Nets is going to be. Like I think the Nets are going to have to eliminate Boston as a road team, Philly as a road team, and then one of Milwaukee or or Miami. And that to me is a tough ask. Um, <clears throat> and the Heat could have a similarly tough path particularly if the Nets somehow wind up in the eight, <laughs> like that would be kind of disastrous, honestly. Um, Cause the heat, I have a tough time seeing beating Brooklyn and Milwaukee and then Philly. Like that's a freaking. I'm surprised you like the heat so much. I'm surprised <laughs> that you have so much respect for the heat. Well, I have respect You've for their never coaching. been heat agnostic. You're either so high on the heat, like a few years back. And then remember when you turned heel on them? Yeah, I well, think they that deserved worked, it. though. I think that they worked. deserved it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Here's a question and, for you, Drew. In what yeah. series will the Heat have the best player on the floor? Uh, I guess against the Raptors, surely. Uh, That's in true, the one right, eight for sure. Um, Are they going to have the best two players on the floor against the Sixers, Nets, or Bucks? Look, man, when they beat the Bucks in the bubble, <laughs> look, man, 
they they had the fourth best player on the floor. So we're we going back bubble to the bubble. I'm just saying. I, no, I'm just you saying. Like, what you just said. Yeah, we went to the bubble. Yeah, you we heard that. Bubble. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when we were back in the bubble, the very, very relevant sample. <laughs> yeah. You, and again, of course, those yeah. players. Do you guys want to pull some stats from preseason games? Yeah. Two yeah. years of crap on Jimmy um, Butler's knees. No, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very valid point and the degree to which superstardom matters now is i think a tough question i guess How old is here, Jimmy you know you ready for this you ready for this did the suns have the best player on the floor in any of their three series on the path to the finals last year Newt. absolutely which series uh the lakers they had all the best players in that no, oh come on lebron was the best player on the floor for the lakers not LeBron, last year. They went. Jokic, Devin Jokic Booker was, was the best series. player on the floor. No, I mean, just you're saying we're saying qualitatively as we sit back right now, like and look at like the makeup of these teams. You're saying that he did not play as the best player in that series, which I completely agree with. But if we had been sitting here in you know one month Pre-series. ago, one yeah. month ago, and we said, hey, who's going to be the best player in the series between the Suns and the Lakers? Every person in the universe says LeBron. And then similarly, who's going to be the best player between the Suns and the uh, okay. who's going to be the best player between the Suns and the Nuggets? Every person would have said Jokic. Who's going to be the best player between the Suns and the Clippers? Every person would have said Kawhi, and second best would be Pete, Paul George, right? So, so your it's... plan is that Jimmy Butler goes back in time to two years ago, Bam, <laughs> or or Bam Adebayo takes the big step forward that we've been waiting for. That's kind of where I am with the Heat. I, I, I yeah. really like the Heat. The Heat are just a more interesting version of the Celtics to me. They have less okay. problems, but I just is their best basketball. Can they really win? And it, when it gets in a best of seven series, that's what I love about the NBA playoffs. You very rarely get the finals or even a conference finals where it's not the two best teams. And I just don't know if the Heat have that quote fifth gear, if you will. Okay. So here's, I can, I can point out the concerns of the negatives I have with the Heat, surely. Like that's the, you know, no superstar talent to carry you in a high leverage moment is concerning. Um, I think there is some makeup of the fact that you have a coach who can coach you through a high leverage moment and get you to play you positive. Need. That's positive. That makes Arguably up the best someone. coach in the playoffs. Um, another one of the concerns I have, the starting five for the Heat haven't played together a ton. And there may be a little bit of a, wait, why isn't this working like we thought it was going to work kind of thing. Um, that's very possible. Um, I worry a bit that too much of the Heat's success in the regular season has been on the back of depth which matters a lot less come playoffs. Like the Heat literally go 12 deep when it comes to guys you can put on the floor and expect to be a positive contributor. And that's freaking rare. Um, it helps in terms of having some confidence in them from an injury resilience standpoint. Like I think they'll be helped. You know, they're gonna they're gonna be able to field a competitive team in every series. They may not win, but they'll be, you know, even if Jimmy Butler doesn't play a game for the rest of the season, like they'll field a competitive team. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a well-composed team. I like what PJ Tucker does defensively. I like what Bam does, um, you know, defensively. I like what Lowry does in terms of creation. I like what Robinson does from a shooting standpoint. Obviously Butler is a dynamic playmaker and every, in lots of ways, um, they have an absolute flamethrower off the bench in Tyler hero. And, uh, you know, they may ultimately get contributions from the likes of Oladipo and Yurtsevin when it comes to the playoffs as well. Caleb Martin is a nice uh, guy. They may go nine. They may go a nine-man rotation. And um, and, it's, and they're all good players. They're well-coached. They know their roles and responsibilities. 
Uh, and, you know, it's it a lot's going to have to go wrong for them to not be in a game, really, is what it comes down to. Like, I've seen them, I've seen them in a lot of games this season be in dire straits. Like, things are not going well. They're, what was it? They were down. No, it was the fucking Rockets and big, big, big whoop. But like they were down like 15 points in that game. They end up winning by 20. You know, like they can absolutely uh, flip a switch in game, which is cool to see. And I think the fact that they'll have home court matters. We could get a little, uh, little South Beach flu going for some of these, uh, you know, some of these superstars coming through who think, yeah, well, we have the better team. We got the superstars. Um, I mean, and... Noobs, are there, are there any superstars on your favorite team who could get in trouble in nightlife situations like that <laughs> in a fun city, in a warm weather town? I hope We might not. even have one recently take a night off. Because yeah, of, that, uh, that, that did happen. Hey, and he, as I was checking the scores, and my Bulls finally got a win, and boy, howdy. When we did that last one and we said, like, God, Bulls under 49 and a half wins – at that remember those those updated win totals bulls was 49 and a half how easy would that have been um they did you know they did get a win over a shitty team are they just too hurt to even matter i haven't heard their name once not even like talking about who they're gonna like they might play the bulls i think that is it just a foregone conclusion that the the chances of them getting healthy enough and the fact that you know this rotation in the playoffs just maybe they haven't meaningful minutes and games like that hasn't happened yet anyway and the all the injuries is you're not getting enough time together with that starting five now as it is like are they just are they just doomed no matter what imagine miami were a four seed and everyone's been hurt for three months (laughs) yeah yeah um i I would also all are healthy that's a really interesting team i mean that's a team that has a lot of defensive options a lot of offensive options it's kind of a funky matchup but you're you're you know, in the NBA, there's a progression, right? If you go back and look historically, there's very rarely teams that come together all of a sudden in year one and do something. And this Bulls team is fairly new. But, I mean, if they were healthy and, again, coming in kind of like the Heat are here where they've, you know, risen, risen above some of the injury issues, they're going to be a top seed. Maybe they'd be interesting, but we don't know what the ball or Caruso is going to look like, let alone both. Yeah, and plus the draw is not looking great for them all of a sudden. <clears throat> if, they're the, if they're a young, inexperienced team – in a road playoff series against the likes of Milwaukee, they're kind of drawn dead. If they're a road playoff team in a series a against drive. Philly, they're kind of drawn dead. Um, <laughs> it's not the it's not the it's not, it's not the, the drive. It's the destination. The travel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, that, so that's super the fair. Like they things. could have a really awful first round matchup where they just God, man, Milwaukee. That might that might be a sweep. Yeah, probably. Because, uh, you know, here's the other thing about like, Gentleman yeah, I, if, if, and it, I guess, I'm guessing Caruso at least is back, maybe Ball as well. Um, so they may be at fullish strength. Um, maybe she, maybe, maybe Pat Williams may even be back. It's tough to really get a gauge on what's going on there, but um, they might be at full strength come playoff time, but they still have an issue where in order to run their best offense in the closing five, they need Vucevic and Levine on the floor together, which means their defense is going to suck, even if you have good players on the floor like Caruso. So that's kind of like like when I look at the Nets and when I worry about the Nets, it's because of Simmons. If he's on the floor, he's the guy that's he's not creating offense for you. I mean, maybe maybe he's got, maybe he's doing a little bit of creation, but he's not. She's a non-shooter. Period. Right. And if you have one other 
non-shooter out there, then now you've got a problem. You can't have two, right? Like by the end of a seven-game series, that's been solved, right? And similarly with the Bulls, if you have two guys who are playing that level of defense and they're in key roles, <laughs> you know, Vucevic and, and Levine, now you're in, you're in dog shit. So um, that's, I don't know, that's my that's my gut read on uh, on Chicago and you know maybe they'll do a little bit better next year if they can continue to develop those guys but um they're in a fucking stacked conference all of a sudden <laughs> so best of luck to them it sounds like go ahead sounds like to put a bow on the east i mean it sounds like we're both quietly picking Milwaukee that was that was I mean, everything you and i said everyone has a lot of problems except Milwaukee that was my hot take when the trade the trade went down. Like the trade happened and I looked at both teams and I'm like I guess the Sixers are probably better because they'll have a player who we don't know like the effort level coming back and obviously it's it's turned out great. Um but like the Sixers will be better. The Nets maybe the same. We'll find out like if Kyrie plays, but it's just like and that was me me being kind of dumb NBA guy, but I think maybe I was right for once i'm just like oh, the bucks are still really good though like not a whole lot change it's still they still have to play the bucks and we saw the trouble the bucks gave the nets last time and and i guess i don't i don't really have a good opinion how the bucks and the, sixers match the bucks up, but. the bucks have one fatal flaw that we haven't mentioned um that could lose them a series against the nets could lose them a series against the heat i don't know if it loses them a series against philly probably doesn't lose them a series against Boston either, but they have a defense that is absolutely in, like completely corroded relative to what we saw from them in years past because Brooke Lopez isn't out there. And so the rim defense is not as good as it once was. It's still very good, but it's not as good as it was. And yet they're still running the same scheme where they are giving lots and lots of wide open looks from three, right? They're still you know they they can't protect the rim as effectively but they're giving lots of wide open looks which means all it takes is one one team to get hot from 3 in a series and it's over for them even R if riddle, Giannis riddle, is yeah riddle riddle me this then both of you guys nuclear. because yeah. this is where my brain went all right i'm going to facts giannis is a exemplary defender top top like top say a number in the league yeah 3 3 Top three defender in the top league. three defender for three. Yeah. When you have the rest of that team around him, minus the Lopez, with that level of defense, might as well he be a zero defender. Does it just take away everything he does on defense so much that it it might as well not matter how good he is on defense at all? Like having one guy who can play incredible defense has that much, you know, rim protection, all that, like. Does it, does it stink that like that's uh, you know it's a weird how team sports jive together like that like it still matters but you know it's it, a lot of it, is it taking it, away it, so in my much? in my opinion in my opinion as amazing as he is he can still only take away half of inside the arc okay. whatever side yeah, that's he what is, I wanted to hear like yeah whatever side he is occupying inside the arc you are not getting to the rim. And if and you might get to the rim on the other side, but you still might not, right? And when Lopez was out there with him, then you were not getting to the rim, period. Sure. Right? Oh, and that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear he, he can still make a difference even though the rest of the team is just 
dog shit on D. Yeah, and they but like even when he was even with the number one rim defending duo in the universe on the floor together, they were still giving up lots of wide open looks from three. They just didn't happen yeah, to so run into any well, team in ball. the playoffs last year that could hit those looks. So they they went <laughs> right, and that's still like this year they're largely outscoring teams. Like they're the Bucks are winning this year on offense, period. And they're very, very good offensively. And um, even though Holiday's been streaky, even though Middleton's been streaky, um, Giannis has been an absolute stalwart offensively, and he's still unstoppable the way they call the game currently. So um, I would say that there is still some risk for the Bucks making it through. They're clearly – like if you were going to tell me they're the favorite, I'm not blinking. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, and, and I think ultimately they'll probably be favored in every series, even if they're a road – you know, if they go on the road against Miami, they'll be favored in the 1-4. If they go on the road against Philly, they'll be favored in the 3-4. If they go on the road against Boston, they'll be meaningfully favored in the 2-4, I think. Um, so that's your; those are your potential ECFs. Uh, and then if they host the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals, that'd be fucking cool. That'd be good. And that's sort of the worst matchup itself. for them, I think. I think so too. I, I I think so too, personally. And that's part of the reason you have to feel so good about the Bucks, right? If you feel bad mm-hmm. about the Nets situation, the Bucks match up well with everyone else. I mean, all those other teams, uh, they have the honest problem. I mean, even the Sixers, they don't know what to do with that now. At the same time, the, the Bucks can't do anything about a bead. But I, I think as you start to look at all the questions, of everybody else there sit the Bucks where you're complaining about. Okay, they don't have quite as much rim protection as they did last year, but we still have Giannis. Drew Holiday, when healthy, is still a plus, you know, defender on the wing. Chris Middleton could be a plus defender, and as much as I know, Andy brought this up earlier. We made fun of Budenholzer for years and years and years. I've totally made a, a complete 180 on him over the last kind of 18 months or so. What we saw him try in the regular season last year, as well as even early playoff series, it, it gave me a lot of hope. So if he's willing to tweak with some stuff, and again, maybe Serge Ibaka can be good in 15 to 20 minute spurts, that could be a big difference too. But again, I think we're more nitpicking the Bucks, whereas there's real problems with some of these other teams. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if, if there, yeah, the, more words may emerge too once we get into a best of seven series. Like I'm, oh, yeah. I'm still in the back of my head, somewhat concerned about Bucks half court offense. Bucks get a lot done in transition. If it becomes a half court game, are they as dynamic offensively? They sure didn't they look really it against the Nets. Bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You are um, your is your stuff updated through last night's games? As far as I'm sure it is, that's rhetorical. But mm-hmm. just leading into a question. What do you have for a probability that the Timberwolves host a game as the seventh seed? Uh, A little over 50%. Okay. No, this is just more of a me like planning out maybe going up. (laughs) You wanted to transition. You wanted to transition. Do you think they get up to seven? I'm sorry. Do you think they get up to six? No, I have about a – I have – uh, either way, then there's at least a couple home games there too. I can, either way, I'm. I, I'd like. Well, I guess to how do they end up outside of seven? I guess getting what is the scenario okay. where they get outside getting of to seven? five or six? Getting to five or six. I have a five percent chance that they land eight, uh, a sixty percent chance that they land seven, um, and the rest is about a five percent chance they get to five, uh, and the rest is six. That's what I'm curious about. So you, you, do you think they can crack the actual playoffs? 
Yeah, oh yeah, would, for sure. Be, I mean, they're playing. Sure they're playing very well. Right now, my 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 regular season rating on Minnesota is almost dead equal with Dallas and Denver. I mean, like I wouldn't expect to see Minnesota Same. to be a meaningful dog uh, to Denver. Certainly, I mean Denver's been yeah, rated right weirdly. That. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and what's the gap right now? The gap's not that big. I mean, look, two and a uh, half from Denver, three and a half from Dallas. Yeah, I think in that twenty-ish percent chance that Denver. Actually, I'm closer to 30. If that 30% chance that Minnesota moves up to the six, it is mostly Denver sliding into the seven. Very little Dallas sliding game. into the seven. Look at that. Look at that. Well, the seven seed hosts, right? Seven, yeah. ho- seven hosts. Yeah. Seven okay. hosts. Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like okay. So, um, let's move to the West. That's good. That was a good uh, transition. I don't think we, I think we disagreed fairly. And covered a lot of ground in the East, but the West is, yeah, Suns, Suns, and everybody else. Suns and everybody else in the West. Do you have a, a? Do you have a? Can you make a bull case for who's the second best team in a playoff series in the Western Conference? Boy, it's really hard, and. It, uh, it, it's it really does feel like Phoenix and everybody else, and I think really the only dark horse here is you hear little whispers of Jamal Murray and little whispers of Michael Porter Jr. maybe coming back. I'm actually fine if they don't have Michael Porter Jr. I really feel like that kind of upsets the Nuggets' balance. But if Jamal Murray can play a couple basketball games here before we get into the first round of the playoffs, get a series or two under his belt, give me Jokic, Jamal Murray, and a bunch of shooters and whoever else is there. I mean, that's the most interesting team to me. That's the team where every night. They ask the most questions of every other team. Now, at the same time, they are a terrible matchup themselves for teams. Teams are a terrible matchup for them. I mean, they really struggle from a guard perspective. I mean, it's going to be wild to watch a matchup against Phoenix where Chris Paul and Devin Booker should be able to do whatever they want. But at the same time, uh, Jokic should be able to do whatever he wants, as as good as DeAndre Ayton has been. So uh, you look at uh, through the West. I mean, you've got Phoenix. We obviously think they're great. Memphis, it's it's too soon, and I I know I hate this. I sound like just like an old guy sitting in his like lounge chair telling you what's what, but no. like <laughs> there's a progress, there's a progression and and a growth that you have to go through, and you don't just see teams do what the Memphis Grizzlies done here, where they pop to the two seed, they pop to the one seed, and then all of a sudden are into the finals. This is a team that I think can challenge for the conference finals, but it's just too much, I think, to ask for this young team and this young coach to pop and make the finals. But it's yeah, it's also a team Patrick Beverly eliminates in the seven twos, you know. <laughs> maybe possible. that maybe that's maybe that's a thing. Well, well two seven and, and I, that's, joking, a, that's a good like, that's a good question. Stuff. Andy, as a Wolves guy. Dan, oh, I mean Dan posted Grizz, I, I don't give a shit if they're good or if they win. I want to go to a if I want to go to a game, I want to I want it to be like last time where I got to see Harden and Embiid, who are Hall of Famers. I want to go to a game and see you know. Morant. Well, pretend want, pretend you're a like, fan. Pretend want you want series. pretend you want a, a a round one series win. You want to shock the world. Timberwolves Anybody are in the round on. two. Uh, the totals two forty. Rather, game. would you rather? Yeah, That's that'd be awesome. Part of that would too. you rather draw? Uh, Grizzlies in the two seven or Warriors in the three six? Like you said, and, and there there are some reports, and a lot of sharp NBA people are kind of 
petering out their support for uh for steve for kerr you know like the 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 kerr bandwagon is getting pretty empty pretty quick but it's still an experienced team and there is something to be said for that in the playoffs i guess so like i'd rather take on the upstart with probably one of the best players like my god remember that one game there's people that would kill to have a highlight track for their career of what what he did in that game it was <laughs> talking about, like that you're talking that, about jaw right yeah jaw ja, ja yeah, was yeah, crazy yeah. but um I'd I'd rather in, in that in like those two plays. Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah it right. Like minutes, it, yeah, so. it was like yeah, um, two minutes of action. Yeah, yeah, then, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather as a team, like you said, I'd rather take on the upstart. And really, like you guys said, Suns or Suns and everybody else. So I looked, and obviously, you know, the the Warriors' price is probably horrible, all things considered. But like looking at that, where the Jazz sit, and I understand where the Jazz are, but don't bet the Jazz. Well, no, no, and that's the thing. Like looking at I'll that take middle, the Jazz bet. Looking at that <laughs> middle, well, and, and, yeah. For so, so hypoth- <laughs> hypothetical to either of you, I this this middle class, and I think Noops made a good point about the Nuggets, but like <clears throat> Nuggets twelve to one, Grizzlies thirteen to one, Mavericks eighteen to one for uh, for the for the Western Conference. I give you a thousand dollars to bet on one of those. You have a choice of one of those teams or taking two hundred dollars and leaving. Mm. I hope you said the Pelicans. Give me the Pelicans. No, I no, I, I didn't go. I didn't go to the deep. I didn't go to That's the where deep. I am, honestly. I mean, totally like out of it. I mean, are we a Chris Paul pulled hamstring away from like a Pelicans Western Conference Finals with against the Grizzlies? Yeah, you look the at Pelicans the West. Getting, Golden State is just tumbling. Pelicans are getting tumbling. They get worse every like, game. Yeah, Pelicans get better. The Timberwolves get better. You've got this Grizzlies team that again should be too young, but. The Jazz are terrible. Um, I mean, Pelicans, Dallas. The Pelicans have some meaningful fit issues that would get exposed pretty aggressively in a best of seven, even against a Chris Paulus Suns. I have to tell you, it's a big ass um, number, though. Yeah, it's a big It's all in play. Two to one. Uh, boy, man. Um, but you have, uh, so have to pick Andy, from that to your class. to your three. Somebody from the middle class, and I'm putting a thousand dollars, or I'm taking two hundred. Um, I'm putting. I'll, I'm a gambling man. I'm going to put a thousand on the Nuggets there. I don't mind being in bed with Nikola Jokic the way he's playing. They have the season. highest ceiling. The high ceiling, ceiling of if, if um, they get healthy. I here's what. Know. Here's what you need to happen for that to cash. Are you ready? You need them to finish in the six or seven. Okay. If the Nuggets finish in the six or seven, they are realistically they are thinking Western Conference Finals. I'm betting the both of those series. Right. I don't even yeah, care what the yeah, same. Is. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I they can beat the Warriors, they can beat the Grizzlies, uh, and you know they can beat the Timberwolves. If it comes down to that, um, so you need them to finish six or seven. Number one, and number two, you need Luka Doncic to go nuclear and oust the Suns, and then Nuggets Mavericks is your Western Conference Finals, and then Nuggets may be able to make it. Are we are we writing off Dallas? Have we made I'm too not. much fun of Jason Kidd? Have we gone too no, far that no, way? No, no, no. No, they're better with Dinwiddie. Uh, they are, and I think they could. I don't. They kind of going back to your progression thing. Do they go from never having won a playoff series with Luca to winning three? And that to me is a tough ask. Um, also, as good as the team defense for the Mavericks has been, some of it is fool's gold, in my opinion. And like I, I, you could not make the PRA high enough. For Jokic in a series against the Mavericks, I mean, my God, Sippy every night, hey, yeah, every night, um, it would be awesome to watch. Um, 
So I think he's one of those guys. It's like be. at the beginning, he's one of those guys. It's like, holy shit, this is the best yeah. player in the league today. Yeah. It would be like Ultra, minus 110 for a triple. So level. here's my Mavericks. Here's my general read on the Mavericks. Mavericks, if they draw the Jazz in round one, beautiful. They're going to the round two. If they draw them, the they could draw the Warriors in the four or five, by the way. Um, that would be cool. That'd be a fun shit series. I think the Mavericks can win that. Um, and then could you get just enough offensively out of Luca to beat the Suns? You could. Maybe. <laughs> Again, you're assuming the Suns are healthy. Like, yeah, assuming the Suns are there was healthy, James yeah. Harden, there was Chris Paul, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it would be it would be a fun series. It would be a fun series. Like realistically, the Mavericks win, win one of the first two in Phoenix, <clears throat> go home with the, you know, having taken home court advantage. Maybe they win Game Three, and they're like, oh boy, we're doing this. And then the Suns, boom, boom, boom. Um, probably how it goes, but. Uh, could they take the Suns deep into the series? Absolutely. Could they beat the Suns if they got a break? Yes. And at that point, that's probably as far as I'm willing to take them because just it would take an awful lot to get by the Suns, in my opinion. I just love that we haven't said the word Lakers yet. <laughs> Who? Forms my the cockles uh, of my heart. We haven't <laughs> gotten to the playing teams yet. Here's a here's a million here's a million dollar question for you, Noops. Um, what is the what is the closing price for Lakers at Pelicans in the nine ten game? <laughs> Pelicans. Uh, are we? Soon? I guess we have to assume it. Anthony Davis should be healthy, but he then. should be back. He should be back. Yeah. What What is the literal timetable on that? And I again, it, like it sounds like, like it's been ten years. April first, probably. Okay. And I feel like that's a cop out. Like when he asked me earlier, it's what is what should the price be versus what will it be? It's going to be like Lakers minus three, minus four, and I'm just okay. going to okay. get Pelicans over and over and over again. As what as should as it be? You think it should be Pel- Pelicans small favorites against a Russell Westbrook? LeBron James. Anthony I assume it'll Davis. be in LA. No, it's so gonna yeah, be in New Orleans. Give me Pelicans right? minus two, minus Did three. You, have you looked at the standings recently? It's close. It's getting really close. And again, <laughs> although, so although this Pelicans, is part of my grand as reverse. As we are speak as we are speaking, the Pelicans are about to lose to the Mav- magic. So you know, all all, all things in good. perspective. All things in perspective. But the Lakers are about to lose to the Rockets. <laughs> so you know, it's, 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 it is what it is. Um, the uh, no, I think realistically, uh, I could see that closing a pick them. A market is very very cold on LA right now. Um, it's just a problem of, I guess that, that is more of a question of does public money matter? And to be honest, I'm trying to be optimistic about the Lakers. Is this grand reverse jinx I've been doing for the last four or five months? If <laughs> someone holds Lakers to miss the playoff tickets. Yeah, yeah. What the what, uh, what is the what is I might the, not even like, cash them. I might just keep them. Just keep them. Just, just hold them. Just make it you have a physical ticket. Like, yeah. No, I don't. Oh it, damn it! It doesn't feel Can like you... the public oh, is there dude. still though. What a you know that, what would be? Sure. You know what would be? Such a great gimmick in a legal state. I could buy one on PropSwap. No, no, you have a digital ticket. You, you, you cash it. You bring it down. We will print and frame it for you for. That's a great 20 idea. Bucks. <laughs> like that. What are we waiting for? Like my God, print and frame my ticket. Of the Lakers to miss the playoffs, like just hanging on the wall. And again, I go back to the Pelicans, and it's it's 
not quite to incite a bunch of nonsense. And you make a lot of great points, Drew, about the Pelicans fall apart once you start to get to that second unit. But I just look at the West, and I think the Jazz are garbage. I think that Golden State <laughs> is wow. a nice idea that just hasn't worked out. Clay Thompson hasn't come back, hasn't gotten to be healthy, and it's this group of guys that we all love and we have a lot of nostalgia about. And again, we think about the peak and maybe suddenly everybody snaps into health and it's Splash Brothers again and Draymond Green's healthy, but now, So I cross Golden State off. I cross Utah off. I, Phoenix is the best. They're the best. But And again, I, I hate keep going back to tennis, but it feels like I'm handicapping a tennis tournament where mm. I've got this clear favorite that should be the favorite, but I'm not betting on that favorite is the clear favorite. I've got to find something else to do. And all those teams in the middle, again, Andy, you, you did a pretty good list there, but Dallas has so many questions. Again, have Jason Kidd, I mean, have we just forgotten that he's coaching there? I'm pretty sure he's still employed as the head coach of that basketball team. That's that can't just be a good thing. Like everyone's asking, is he the next Ty Lue? Where uh, well, he was an absolute um, joke, and then all so, of a sudden maybe so he's maybe less Pelicans are too far down the list. But <laughs> if the Timberwolves are in the Western Conference Finals, as someone that's been all offseason saying, I don't know why people like this Timberwolves team, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I'm, I'm in. I get it at this point. We're just going to score 140 points, and whatever you do, whatever. That's that's. I'd, I'd watch that product, especially since like we'd be excited about it in our household since we're new Timberwolves fans. Um, is there something? And I guess like just looking at the Lakers' odds, the answer is no for them. You know, there's this weird public like, hey, we're betting the it's LeBron. We have to let you know people say like. Um, it's LeBron the assholes, who, it's the assholes who put out tweets like, imagine betting against LeBron in the playoffs. Imagine, like, you know, there's people imagine. like that. Yeah. Imagine. But, like, with, you know, the Splash Brothers, Curry, I mean, everybody, everybody saw what Curry did in the All-Star game, and, like, he obviously still is a dynamic player, and, like, if they play a little better at the end of the year and people talk themselves into that, the kind of people that are going to talk themselves into that is – the public that starts paying attention right at the end of the year. And it reminds me of the giant. And it, it, this is not even close to the same situation, but a little bit of it, but the giants um, to win the AL or the NL West, like as they led throughout the whole season, I talked to a bookmaker about that. And I'm like, aren't you guys going to get hammered on some of those huge futures? You had, you know, circa Adam like 300 to one. And I literally a guy's like, no, He's like, you can you can put the Dodgers on the board for whatever price you want, and then people walk in, and then they'll bet the Dodgers to win the West. And then tomorrow you wake up, and you do the same thing, and a bunch of people will walk through the door and bet on the Dodgers because it's the L.A. Dodgers, and it's a very good team, and they've been very good for a long time. And he's like, it literally almost doesn't matter what the price is. He's like, so you do that for the whole season, and it makes up, it makes up for anything you're worried about with the Giants. God, I love futures. And, and, and it is funny how the futures market works that way with the public money. It's like, and it's again, weird analogy, but it makes me think about like the, the Lakers is where my mind went. And obviously the Lakers are like 30 to one to win the West. Like it's not happening, but are there, are there people who come in and hammer futures on teams that they know? Like, I know this team is good from the last few years. Is that, is that why the Warriors number is what it is? Cause I've watched the Warriors play. Like why is, why are they second favorite to win the yeah, nostalgia. Yeah, sure. Um, I think Wait, what, also. What's your number, say, Drew? What would, if you, I mean, just don't even do prices like rank. Where would you rank them for chances, likelihood of winning the West? Uh, number one. West Conference power rankings. I would put the Warriors third. I had them third. Who do you have behind? Denver. 
Uh, I love that you like Denver, by the way. I was yeah, hoping no, I think, so I, I and again, a lot of it is a lot of it is current. A lot of it is current path. I think a Denver. I think a Denver Warriors series to me is like fifty-two forty-eight Denver. I can't it's wait. Real, to it's, real it's real close. It's real close. And I think, I think that cluster of two, three, six, seven is where you want to be seating wise. Um, yeah. Like like Warriors beat the Nuggets in the three six. I like them in Phoenix as far as long as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, I like them to get to the Western conference finals. If the Warriors beat the, you know, if the Warriors draw two, seven, I like their, I mean, Warriors draw um, Timberwolves in the three, six. I, I like them over the Timberwolves, but maybe that's just because of experience factor. Um, and you're assuming yeah, no, Draymond's healthy, right? I'm assuming Draymond's healthy. Of course. Yeah. I mean, if Draymond comes, if Draymond comes back in, Couple, well, a couple. What are we expecting? A couple weeks. He's like a couple weeks away. If he comes back and is sixty percent Draymond, which is possible, then I'm revising a lot of this <laughs> on the fly because he is monumentally important to them doing anything in the playoffs. Um, but the uh, the Mavericks are a close fourth after the um, close fourth after the Warriors. And only because of path, um, and then Jazz would be fifth for me, and then Memphis after them. It's the more again, the more and more I think about the West. I, I, I'm with you. Phoenix is number one, and then it could be anybody. It's and when you're in that situation, when it could be anybody, give me the team with the best player at the high number. So I, it's I'm trying to yeah. look it up. I mean, what do we think the price is for a uh, a Nuggets Bucks final? Since I think that's where we're warming up on. I was gonna say I'm taking the Nuggets. <laughs> nuggets were like twelve to one. I'm gonna shop around and see if I can get closer to fifteen. Who knows? I only looked at one book. This is to win the West, and the Wolves were forty-two. I think I had Fanduel or DraftKings open. I'll say I had Fanduel open because they have the logo in the corner of the screen there, and we encourage you to sign up for Fanduel using our promo codes. Um, but if I can find forty or better on the Timberwolves, that's a fun. That's a fun ticket for a team that can just, like you said, yeah. Tell if they're just going to drop 140 and if the other and let the other team drop 130 on them, whatever. Ten, tell FanDuel guys about my idea of printing the physical tickets for you if you bet that, online. That's uh, Great idea. that's that's super cool. Like to frame something. I mean, yes. how many people we we talk we'll stamp to winner on it? Yeah, we talk scratch about out this. the barcode winner. Why don't they right stamp on winner on it? Yes. Oh, I yeah, don't thing. Why have I never seen a winner stamp? How many how many people did that with Ooh. the and this was funny because the shit just never works, but a bunch of people when the Golden Knights yeah. showed up in town, they yeah. everybody went and put 10 bucks on them to win the cup just to say thing. they you know, these people lived in town for all those years. They'd never been able to bet on a pro team, so they went and did it, and then they you know they just nailed the the expansion draft and everything works out, and people are like, Oh shit, like I'm live here at like 500 to one. This is hilarious. Yeah. So, no, I mean, would, and a lot of people were just, you know, they wanted to just frame that ticket or whatever. The best part is after it's framed, you hang it on your wall. And then every time you look at it, you're like, I should go bet at Fandle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like, <laughs> like self, inside your self, house. Uh, self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. Just handing out a for us in your house. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I come up with these guys. Um, yeah, all right. The, uh, um, Let's wrap it up here. I guess one last final thought for you, and we'll end on the Lakers. They might not make the play in. 
<laughs> I think they might finish eleven. Who, pa who passes them for tenth? The Spurs. <laughs> Do the Spurs want to though? Pop's chasing glory, man. Pop's I'm going for glory. Sure Greg, he's, he's, is... Greg Popovich is tied for the all-time winningest coach in basketball right now. Is he not on his third year of his senior year? Is this not his third senior year in college? This is his third <laughs> senior year, but he is playing his ass. He's We're got his team playing their asses off now. against Toronto tonight. They're going for it. They're going for all the goods. They're trying to get him that win at home. We just talked about an aging coach win. who overstayed his um, welcome the other day, Drew. The, yeah, we did. Yeah, we just did. We spent a lot of time talking about that. Um, the, uh, the Lakers have one, two, three, four games left that are gimmies. One of them is tonight, <laughs> and they're losing. Um, actually, they were just up by one at the end of the third. Um, but their their schedule is a brutal. From March thirteenth through April tenth, if they do not play well, particularly this this one stretch here, that where they go at Cleveland, Philly, at New Orleans, at Dallas, at Utah. <clears throat> if they go one and four through there. Um, they will be potentially in the 11th seed and they may call it a season. And I wouldn't blame them. <laughs> LeBron did this two years ago or three years ago, the year before the bubble season. They were like clearly out of it and they packed it in. And they have about as good a team this year as they did then. So I'm not saying it will happen, but it looks very much on the table. I hope there's not a question there because I just enjoyed all that. I'm going to no, do that up when the podcast comes the out. I'm going to re-listen yeah. to it a bunch of times. That might be my new ringtone. <laughs> that's, the end. that's the end. And uh, I mean, it's a weird spot with LeBron who's already been like, hey, yeah, hey, Cleveland, yeah. I, I might come back. Or, hey, guess what? When my kid's in the league, that's where I'm going. And I'll be honest, in the same sentiment that I was dude. shaming people for, uh, you know, for – grave dancing on coach k i don't want to grave dance on lebron like i've enjoyed watching him throughout his career he's the greatest basketball player i have watched the most games played um and it will be sad when he is fully over the hill and it sucks because he's kind of playing fine <laughs> his team is just absolute dog shit although i hang a ton of that around his neck so uh, well, to, do you, you know. do we really think LeBron James is making these moves? Do we really think it was LeBron James' idea to trade all the good shooters and defenders we have for Russell Westbrook? And that's where history is is going to be hard to figure out. And there's a lot of talk. It seems clearly based on people we know and what we've read in Cleveland. That was the situation. The Lakers generally historically haven't been that kind of organization, but. I mean, if winning time has taught us anything in just one short episode, things are a lot different, you know, back when John C. Riley was the owner of the team. And I can't wait for the season of winning time when they get to LeBron James. But it's just, no again, I'm just I'm just going to keep taking victory laps. I'm going to remember the season for the rest of my life. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to pour it into a tank. And just dump it oh, all yeah. over myself. If, if you no, if you is, bet, is, if is you get, a, if you win on it, that's different. I'm saying is the show will, good, Alex. It's it's spectacular. All right, no no spoilers. I don't want to know who they draft in the John C. Riley's Jerry Buss, and the rest just sort oh, of like, care of I, I saw the yeah the, the casting of him and the casting for Pat Riley when I saw the preview. I'm like, oh, this is I'm all in on this. I want LeBron James to be good though. I, I like this narrative that 
and again, this is very selfish, but I've gotten to live during the careers of the two greatest basketball players ever. I got sure. to watch almost all of Michael Jordan. I was born in 1988. He was playing by that point, but you know, I got to see pretty much all the second season. I've gone back and watched all of it. I've gotten to see all of LeBron James, and he's incredible. But I agree with you, Drew. It's such a bummer that this team stinks so much, but I don't know whose fault it is. And as a Sixers fan, and again, even if I didn't have the ticket, even if I hadn't been in the Lakers to miss the playoffs, as a Philadelphia 76ers fan, as someone who's grown up hating the privileged Lakers who just buy whatever they want. We want Shaq. We'll just go buy Shaq. Ah, we'll just buy Magic. Ah, LeBron, of course you're going to come here. This is the best. This is just, yeah. oh, this is candy, and I'm just going to eat it forever. <laughs> um, yeah, no love lost for the Lakers as a, is, as a brand. Um, is it the, weird that, like, all right, just, and this is me. My mind just wanders when you guys talk NBA <laughs> for some reason. I think about, like, like what what is, if you had to boil down Michael Jordan's career to a single play, like, what is his most, like, is it the, the, the shot against the, yeah. Well, the, the flu game, the, but like a shot that you can picture in your head. Is it the shot against, against the Cavs? Yeah, the Cavs. No, against the Jazz. Isn't it that the one against the Jazz? Good one. The like that one in the lane one. where he's floating sideways? That's what I picture. Yeah, that one. I mean, that's the, that yeah, that one, was the, the end of his Cavs, career. The Cavs yeah. one is very good, but like it's just it, it'll be weird in a game where the whole point of the the whole point of the game is to put a ball through a bucket that, and I'm not going to do the MJ LeBron thing. It is what it is. Like however you feel about it, it's fine, but probably the best player ever like the one the thing you picture the most is a defensive play yeah the run, he's the for run sure down the block. block oh yeah 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 yeah. like yeah, there yeah, i can't yeah. i can't picture like no, a lebron that shot that. that sticks in my head i don't know that's what i was thinking about what you guys were talking like, i can't think weird one specific shot i can't but think I actually shot. and similar to jerry west i go back to the the finals that lebron lost um, yeah. When it was just him, there was nobody on that Cleveland team, and he was putting up like 40, 15, and 15 every night. He made a shit ton a buzzer of beater buzzer, buzzer beaters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he made a shitload of buzzer beaters in the series that they went and then ultimately lost 4 0 to the Warriors. He was that terrible run? against the monsters. Is all this more just a conversation <laughs> of Michael Jordan's brilliance, also no, combined no. with the opportunity? Like, Michael Jordan was clearly brilliant, but to have that concentration of talent in that moment with, in the NBA, There's where you know, he's not playing yeah. against accountants, but like Steve Kerr talks a lot about it at the last dance. He's like, sometimes I'd have to guard Michael in practice. Like, it's a little different league now. I mean, no one, I don't think LeBron has ever been guarded by anybody who's been shorter than 6'5. No, no way. If he has, it was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, we we, uh, we covered ground, amazing ground here. Let's put a bow on this podcast. Bucks Nuggets um, finals. Oh no! Lock it in. Heat Suns. I might look for some exact team, All it's team strength, coaching. This is what matters in today's NBA. Now, and the, again, you are going to have a lot of you want a, you want a on, deep, uh, heat. You want a deep team with a great coach. That's how you win in today's NBA. The I, the years of the superstar carrying you are over. You too, cross betting you, every you Heat series. Yeah, you too, with all your like, <laughs> and like all your you know, going through this, then running the numbers and deciding like, and that's, what's fun for me. Cause I have none of those numbers. And the fact that like you could name like 60 different finals matchups and I'd be like, yeah, for sure. Like that could happen. Like it's a, it's a fun year for, I think for sure. Oh yeah. For, for the, the NBA fan. Back to the NBA. Be, I can yeah, live with parody. For sure. Um, and yeah, the, uh, I mean, 
the Suns might have peaked too early. Who knows? Uh oh, Lakers are winning now. Of course, mm-hmm. the Timbers are up by a million. Go East. Um, all right, man. Thank you again, Noops. That was great. Yes. Ex- that was a great time, exercise. Man. Best of luck to you in Indian Wells. Best of luck to you in cashing your Lakers playoff. No. And uh, we will talk to you again next time. This still always just surprises me, like the music. We've been doing it for months and it still gets me. That's the light. It took so long to get to a whole